Fun fact, I was the first Lululemon ambassador here in the state of Arizona back in like circa 2005, 2006. How cool is this then that Lulu is back in your life again? Yeah, it's, it's amazing because guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this Lululemon 10K tour. It's coming to Scottsdale and we're going to be running it with you. Wait. Wait, wait, I thought we were just promoting the 10K. I don't know that I'm ready to run this thing, bro. Relax, bro, relax. You and everybody listening totally has this because new for 2023 is this 10K tour training program, which you can use, Matthew, and I can use it, and anybody else, which will be hosted on the Lululemon Studio app. The date is November 12th and the course is unreal. Now, if you can't join us, you can participate virtually wherever you live. Plus, your participation will activate a donation to the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Visit lululemon10ktour.com to sign up today. It's, it's a mouthful. Lululemon 10, then the letter K, tour. Dot com to sign up today. Yeah, go sign up now, either virtually or in person, and you can run with us November 12th for the Lululemon 10K Tour in Scottsdale, guys. You'll get a Lululemon participant shirt, a finisher medal, an exclusive 10K training program, and all of the amazing pre- and post-race amenities, including yoga, meditation, even a post-race treat. Go to Lululemon. 10ktour.com. That's Lululemon, the number 1010ktour.com to sign up right now with a group of friends. This episode of the I Needed That podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and NeuroGum and Mints, buddy. I've been hearing for some friends, Chris. Everybody's on the NeuroGum and Mints kick. They dig it. <laughs> I know. You think it's, as long as they just try it, we know they're going to like it. Yeah. So they're they're throwing a good party. <laughs> I don't think you can explain enough this little caffeine hack that you have and the reason that I think it's such a neat thing for people to try yeah, well, we were just talking about it again this, this morning. morning. I know. And the, the, here's here's the best part about it is when you understand how your body is going to adapt to any kind of formula, any kind of caffeine and theanine, et cetera, um, you, you always get that amazing feeling at first for the first few weeks, and then it starts to taper off a little bit. And this is, it's funny because I, I kind of, I have a rotation of between like coffee and an energy drink powder. And then as soon as you said, hey, hey, try one of these neuro mints, it was great because I got that pick me up. Like, like when I had a cup of coffee for the very first time. Well, throw down right now. We've got a link waiting for you inside the show notes to link to NeuroGum and Mints. Uh, also, let's have uh, just a quick discussion about BetterHelp because we're getting some great feedback on there too. You and I both experienced therapy. We both have done talk therapy. We've both done other modalities. Um, give, me, give me one of your biggest takeaways from talk therapy, man. It's something that you, you use even to this day. Well, you know, the one thing having literally just spoken with my therapist a week and a half ago, going through my own things. Um, we have the answers inside, but we need that connection with someone else to help us find them. And that's, I've been doing therapy for seven plus years and every single therapist, they, they just know how to ask the right questions to help us find the answers inside of us. But the thing is I've, 
in 45 years of my life, I haven't been able to find it myself. It's always been in the interaction, the connection with another human who also kind of can understand it because they're, they're not in the... They're not in the forest, right? They're, they're not stuck in it. So they can step outside. They can see where my mind might be going, ask a couple questions and give me that aha moment. And it's, it has changed my life significantly. How about yourself? Well, it's I the mean, truth, man. I just think that's what it is. They ask you the questions so you can find the answers yourself. That's it. Because we all know we're never going to change anything about ourselves until we're ready to change. Bingo. And we're not going to ever be ready to change until we see it in yeah. ourselves. Like, oh, so right. yeah, if you want to save 10% on your first month of better help, we've got a link sh- uh, set up for you guys in the show notes. You can just head on over to uh, the, I needed that podcast, open up any one of our show notes and the links there at the bottom for both Nero gum and mints and better help. Should we do a podcast? Well, absolutely. Let's, Let's go. go. I needed that. I'm down for that. I Let's think go. that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I needed that co-hosted by Matthew Blades is available on all streaming platforms. Everybody. There is a direct link with the, the neuroscience of this, and it's all about goal setting. I walked away from my radio show with a year left on my contract. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. I had a dream about you the other day where you were singing. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it no, was, but it you were singing. Dream. That was a dream. That was a nightmare. <laughs> well, here we go, man. This is it. Episode number 44, and we're about to jump down another un. Unbelievable transformation story today. Chris Paul, what's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good. Good. We just uh, wrapped our first Lululemon podcast uh, tour that we made the stop for the 10K this past weekend. It was so much fun to visit with folks who love the podcast and came out to talk to us. I don't know about you, but I love Jason. I love Stefan. It was so good to hang out with Rachel. It was just a fun broadcast. And then, and bringing it from the studio to live inside the store, like, uh, you know what? I I think it's going to open up a whole new world of of uh, different venues that I think we should start having some fun with and, and kind of cruising around because, man, it, there's something about about filming it in the studio and then there's something about being in front of a live audience. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. Some people freak in front of the live. I'm, uh, well, you and I are better. Oh. There's something about it. It, it. it brings the energy up another notch, that's yeah. for sure. I feel, yeah. I feel bad for our guest right now because we're, we, we're just in your house. We're recording. We're like max, going to max out at a seven <laughs> or an eight today. But if we were live with this guy somewhere, we'd be a 10. Oh. I, feel, I feel bad for Bosh. <laughs> well, I, I don't, man. He's got a big day ahead, yeah. dude. This, this guy. Oh. Speaking of which, I am, I'm so excited about this interview. I've been watching him on his Instagram for quite some time, and what an incredible human he is. And he's been through a phenomenal transformation, but a really, I mean, he's, he's certainly been through a roller coaster ride in life, and, and, we're, and he's in his, his early 20s now. Yeah. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive in with him and, and really get down to the nitty gritty of this. Truthfully, me too, because, you know, he's one of the younger folks that we've ever had a chance to talk to, and I love that because there's so many people his age who are on that struggle bus right now and they just don't know how they're going to make that loop out of it, right? Like how are they going to get out of that continual circle? And so I think that Bosch is going to have some really cool information for us. And before we bring him on, a quick reminder that we are going to be running the 10K Tour. It's the Lululemon 10K Tour. It's in Scottsdale this year, November 12th. We encourage everybody to sign up. We have a link in our show notes if you want to jog alongside of us. We'd love to have you on that journey. Yeah, lululemon10ktour.com. That's it. Yeah. All right, man, let's bring him in. How did you meet Baj? What was the first post that got your attention about this dude? Well, I was uh, I was scrolling through and he popped up on my search. 
And um, because I, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm really inspired by people who have changed their life by transformation. So the algorithm knows that. <laughs> so they, they, they drop people into my search all the time. And I actually clicked on a post of him just talking to the camera. And then he ended up getting choked up and talking about some trauma in his past that I, I don't want to take that away from him. I, this is part of his story. And it really, it, draw, it drew me in. And then I clicked on his profile and I went, oh my good Lord, this kid's been through a lot. There he is on the screen yeah, right now. There he is. On the gram, they call him Large Baj, which is such a great <laughs> little catchy title. But Baj, uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Oh, so good. So good. You know, he is from uh, out just outside of Nashville. What's the town that you're from again? It's called Spring Hill, Tennessee. And if memory serves, <laughs> yes. you did a transformation yes. on your show, ABC's Extreme Makeover, the Weight Loss Edition. I don't know what season it was, but you did a transformation in that city. Season one. This is the, this is the, the best part about it. I spent a year in Spring Hill, Tennessee. What a small world. Season one, Dana lived in Spring Hill, Tennessee. It's a, it's this tiny little town. I mean, it goes Nashville, Franklin, Spring Hill. And you're, you're in the middle of old, like it's a civil war, war grounds there. I mean, in fact, we talked about this on our show. I talked about a paranormal experience. It happened in a hotel in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Wait, is that the one you were telling us about in like episode number one or two? Yes, yes. That happened in Baj's hometown. Spring Hill, man. It's blown up since you've probably been there last time now because I think whenever I moved there, there was around like, what, five, 6,000 people? There's around like 65,000 now. Wow. It's huge. Like, it's messed up how big it is now. Are there still, now, now you got to vouch for me here. Are there still some hauntings and everything in the area? I'm not going to lie. It, it kind of is like, there's like that weird eerie vibe. And like, because it's a whole like historic town. Like even my mom's house is, I think it was built in like 1890. Yeah. Same thing. You'll be hearing random creaks and stuff in the house. You're like, Oh, that's normal. See bro. I wasn't messing around. It's the real deal. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure out which <laughs> episode it was where you told that story and we'll put it in the show notes so people can go back and listen to it because it was freaking crazy. You went to grab some candy out of a vending machine and I won't ruin it for anybody, but what happened next was gnarly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah, Bosh off, off air, we'll have to uh, share some ghost stories, but yeah, it was, it was a wild experience, man. Well, you know what? This podcast could very realistically come out right around Thanksgiving. So oh, maybe ooh. it's perfectly timed. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, dude. So you, you, how did this all start for you, Baj? I mean, you just kind of, you, you were at a point in your life and you started taking some photos. You started to, to make a decision. Like, can you walk us back to the beginning stages of the whole large Baj movement and, and how you got started? Yeah. So basically... I've always grown up as a fat kid my entire life. Like my family really never like focused on diet and nutrition and everything. And my parents being divorced, I didn't have family dinners in a sense. I kind of always just like cooked for myself and it was mainly just like freezer meals, chips in the, you know, pantry and all that stuff. Basically just got me to a point where I was huge. Like even in eighth grade, I was always looking at other people and looking at my body and being judgmental and being like, why do I look like this? Why do I look so much different than everyone else that's around me? Because I was one of the funny fat kids. So I was surrounded by all that, like the popular friend group and everything. So I was like, why is every single one of these kids with washboard abs, six pack that eats the exact same way that me or as me don't look like me? Like, why do you guys not look like me? So I started taking pictures of my body after that. 
I think the first picture that I ever took was around eighth grade. I think I was 14 or 15 years old. Back camera didn't work. Nothing worked on my phone. I had like an iPod, like it might have been an iPod touch or something like that. Wow. And I took it with like the front facing camera <laughs> like this yeah. in a mirror at my aunt's house. And I just said day one transformation because I was 200 pounds at the time when I was like 14. So I had an original weight loss transformation from that point. Wow. So in eighth grade, I went from 200 to I think it was 150 or like 148 pounds, something like that. And basically just did keto the whole time. It was like an Atkins diet. So I cut basically to a point where I was eating around 20 carbs a day and lost all the weight. I was doing wrestling. I was working out a bunch and life was good. And then after that, I kind of just stopped freshman year. Don't really know why I stopped. I think it was just because of me going into high school. There was more parties. I had more friends. There was more things to do. And then also the schoolwork, I kind of just like let it get on top of myself Afterwards, I got and ballooned up from that 148 to 150 to about 220 freshman year. And I saw that happen, and I saw my body change once again. And then that's whenever I started going crazy with the pictures. Like, I was just taking these pictures, not knowing that I was going to lose weight, but just, like, kind of looking at myself and being like, again, what's wrong with me? Why do I look like this? Kind of making these excuses in my head. What what was the answer? What, What did you come up with when you would ask yourself that? What's wrong with me? What do you think it like? You know, I you never yourself. I never even thought about that. I've never. That's actually a really good question. I never got down to like the nitty gritty in my brain with that because it was like I would ask myself those questions and then it would be like I'd be so comfortable with it and I didn't want to change. Like I did want to change, but in a sense, you know, you don't because it's mm. like I'm already at this point. Can it really get any worse? And then you continuously tell yourself mm. that. And I got to that point again. All throughout high school, I would continuously tell myself, can it really get any worse? Can it really get any worse? I went from that 220 freshman year until my peak at senior year. I was 270 pounds of my absolute heaviest. And I remember seeing that on the scale, and I was, like, too embarrassed to even take a picture of it. I was, like, 270. I was, like, I remember, you know, going to school and, like, the health doctor and all these people that come through. They're, like, yeah, usually, like, obesity, you know people that are 300 pounds i'll like use the example of someone that's 300 pounds or they'll just like say it because that's such like a normal societal thing for people that you envision being overweight being 300 pounds and i was like dude i was like this is messed up like because i was working out that entire time can i ask a question that's going to sidetrack us just a little bit and and you've used the word a couple of times since we've gone on and it's that word fat and I wonder where in, in the transformation space, where does that word live? Uh, and, and because it's not a word that I think is, I, I don't know, when people say it, there's, there's some connotation that comes with it. But for me, people who used to be bigger, they, they get there's every right to use whatever they word, the, whatever yeah. word they want to describe themselves. So I'm going to ask you, Baj, in just a second, but Chris, you first. How careful are you with that word fat? How do you use the word fat? How can that word be a real like kryptonite for some people. Right. I'll, I'll never use it as an adjective because that's It's for me, it's not my word to use. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I will use it when I'm in, in reference to dietary fat or body fat. I will talk about body fat, but again, it's, it's, I'll never use it to describe someone exactly. because I, I always want to look beyond that. But of course, you know, if, if you've been there, Baj, and, and for anyone who's, who's struggled with their weight, if they're, whether they're overweight or obese, 
Well, absolutely. If, if, if that's the word that you use to describe yourself, the only thing that I always caution with is sometimes it can come with a negative connotation and, you know, you could, there could be some heavy emotion behind that. So that's why I, for me, I'm always incredibly respectful and, and empathetic about it. So yeah, how, how do you view it, Baj? Because you've used it a couple of times and I'm going to be real honest with everybody and this may not be popular, but I appreciate that you just use the word like, okay, you, you, you are extra, you're carrying extra fat on your body and that's what it was for you. So, oh yeah. yeah I mean, know, if we were on the, it. not on the podcast, like normally what I tell people, I'd say I'm a fat <laughs> POS, but you know, like, because that's who I was, but like, I didn't want to change. I didn't have the drive. I didn't have motivation. I had no discipline. I wasn't doing anything with my life. So it's like, why give myself any credit back then, especially for that person? Like, yes, the moments of my life led me up to eventually wanting to change. But back then, like even the way that I was talking to my parents, man, I would have beat the hell out of myself. Mm. Like I would be throwing elbows at myself right now from back then. But again, that's what comes with maturing, growing up. And then every single moment in those times too has led me to exactly where I am right now doing this podcast with you yes. guys. Yes, amazing. So, did, did your parents struggle with their weight? Yeah, both of my parents grew up overweight and same thing, like they never really had like the dietary guidelines, especially, you know, I was going to say whenever our parents were, my parents were growing up, it was sure. a lot different. We had like the food pyramid and everything. At least we had right. that. Sure. And, but, and you're, you're in the South and I've spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in the South and, and there, there's a cultural, there's 100%. a cultural difference there. It's what we it eat. Is. It's how we eat food for sure. hundred percent. And your community. It's, I can't tell you, I mean, again, I've done so many transformations in the Southeast and it's just the community. It's, uh, you know, whether you're in Cajun country in Louisiana or whether you're in Tennessee, I mean, they got their barbecue and their fried food and it's just, nobody knows different. I've, One huge difference I've noticed in Texas, you'll go to a gas station and there's no protein bars there. Mm-hmm. So like these people don't even know that like protein bars exist probably. Right. In a oh, sense, especially like the deeper South, like I'm around, I think I'm around Sugarland right now where this warehouse is. Like you'll have to drive. The closest one that I know is almost like five miles away. Yeah. So if I wanted like after the gym, want to go get any protein snack or anything, that's like another 15 minutes out of my way to go do that. If I were to stay down here. In fact, and that to me, that blew my mind. Like, cause from Tennessee, like that's just normal. I'm like, and I remember coming here. I was like, "Why does this gas station not have protein bars?" They're like, oh, "That's pretty normal." They were like, I, "Blows my mind." I Blows didn't under yeah, I didn't understand food deserts until I went to Texas, mm. Louisiana. Like we're talking like Southeast Texas and Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah, and you're right. You have to drive miles in order to go to a grocery store that would actually have something in it. And even at that, the grocery store, like the produce section is about the size of this little space right here. It's, it's, it's again, it's different. So again, not, not to detract from where we're going, but I can hear a lot of cultural influences in your life from your parents to the community, to everything. So Baj, I want to bring us back to why you're here. And I think a great way to do that would be to read something that you posted on Instagram. Uh, I don't know how long ago this was, but you say, I vividly remember taking the first picture and then the second, and I looked down being so disgusted with the way that my stomach looked. My head didn't look like it fit my body. All those bad thoughts I feel like most of us have about ourselves, but that's the thing. When I was hard on myself, I made no progress. I had no drive. Nothing was making me want to change, even the slightest, but it finally clicked. I don't need to be such an asshole to myself. Okay, now there's a whole bunch of stuff after that, but that is the line that really drew me into you, Baj. Um, In what ways were you being an asshole to yourself? 
just telling myself that I was a problem in other people's lives, just like with my presence. Like I would talk and I would like always overanalyze the way that like people would look at me or the way that people would listen. And I was like, oh, I'm being annoying or like, oh, my presence isn't wanted here. Instead of doing that, I just like the past, especially like four or five months, I just turned my brain off. I was like, stop thinking like that. Mm. What What's the point of that? Because what do I bring besides negativity into my life whenever I think like that? And then whenever I started thinking like that and the positivity started flowing, you don't want to stop. Because now I really, in reality, have not had a bad day in almost like four to five months. And it's weird to say that because you notice the bad days. It has been so long. And like for me, it's like I was so used to having to like take these reset days and all this stuff. It's like, where did that go? And it was literally because I was telling myself that I was this problem. Or, you know, you have the crazy thoughts about yourself, especially body dysmorphia. That was one of the biggest things that I had to get over with because growing up fat and coming up from that, it's very hard to see, like, especially the work that you put in and like getting down to this exact point. I'll wake up in the morning and I see like a little bit of loose skin. I'm like, oh, here we go again. But instead of allowing that thought of here we go again to continue, I'm like, remember how you used to look? I'm like, you literally used to look down and not be able to see your own, you know. I was like, what is going on? I'll look down now and I'm like, dude, I got washboard. I'm like, I got a six pack now. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You look like shit. Like it just, it's beautiful. I love that. What a beautiful tool. And what a beautiful weapon in the arsenal to be able to stop that negative self-talk. Because I'm sure for everyone listening right now, everybody's got that voice in their head. Most people don't stop it. They can stop it, but sometimes they're just not even, not even aware enough to stop it. And you, yeah. you learn that awareness this early in your life. I mean, imagine, and you know, you play your cards right, brother. You're going to have another 80 something years here on earth. That's what I'm hoping for, man. I stopped them cigarettes not too long ago, so I'm good now. <laughs> good stuff, dude. Hey, listen, that, man, you I don't, love people it, don't man. think about it, but like that's being an asshole to yourself. Yes, like poisoning exactly. your body, putting crap in your body that it doesn't like and love, like that's not treating yourself right. And to, exactly. to be aware of that voice and to control it, man, you, you just set yourself free. That's so cool, it man. Does. It is like it was so crazy too, because like even like whenever it did start happening. There was like, I was going through a whole breakup, like things were going down. And I remember the day after the breakup, I was so hard on myself. And then I was like, what are you doing? I was like, you're free now. You don't have to think like that anymore. And then literally from that day, because this was four or five months ago, five months ago on Instagram, I had 4,000 followers. Wasn't doing anything. I was posting probably one to two times a day, even if like there were some days where I didn't want to post randomly after that day happened, I was like, we're ramping this back up. I started doing 10 to 12 posts a day, and I'm still doing that every single day for almost the past four or five months. And it's gotten me exactly to where I am at this point now. And, and if you don't mind sharing with our audience, where are you at right now? So in terms of social media or in terms of actual location? Uh, social media. So social media right now, I think I have 193,000 on Instagram and then 450,000 on TikTok. It's because your story is so relatable, Baj, right? It's so relatable. Kid grows up, has some tough stuff happen to him. It grips him for a while. Then he figures out how to set it free. And then he moves on with his life. And that thing that we're talking about, to be real specific, is the loss of your brother. Um, what? How old are you when, when you experience that loss? He w- or I was 17 and he was 19. Mm. 
And then now I'm 20 years old. So he would have been, I think right now, 22. Yeah, 22. What, what happened? So he was in Panama City for his birthday. And it was like three days after his birthday. And they were going to a party. They left the party, wanted to go back afterwards, went back, drank more, came back, drunk driving accident. Two cars came into the median and then just hit each other head on. Oh, my gosh, Bosh. I'm so sorry about that. Was was that one of, I mean, okay, let's navigate that moment for a little bit. So right after, everybody knows what happens, who's ever lost anybody. It's total and complete chaos. Everybody in the family's broken, shattered. Nobody can help each other. It's like a literal mess for for a while. Um, How far into that experience did you start having these revelations of like, okay, I'm in control of my destiny. I'm not the one who, who died. I'm still living. I need to start acting like it. It really wasn't even, I would honestly say like those thoughts came in probably last year because even then I was still, after losing the weight, I was making the same excuses. Like I was still crash dieting even after losing the 110 pounds because I was so afraid of once again gaining the weight back and going back to where I was. So it was just like, stay in this where you are right now because this is the happiest you've ever been. But I really wasn't happy because I was doing it for something else instead of just for myself. Whenever I learned to do the things for myself was that like after the fact of like learning that gaining weight was okay because the the bulk afterwards was watching myself like go back up to 200 pounds was the craziest thing ever in my life and allowing my brain to be like, this is okay. This is building muscle, like having to switch that. That's whenever the mentality really switched, gaining the weight back and especially after you lose all that muscle because the whole time I was like, I'm just getting fat again. I'm just getting fat again. Here we go. So... I would definitely say that was like the main switch in my mindset. So, so it was, it was actually after you had lost the weight. That's when way after. Okay. So, so let's, let's talk through that then. So I'm, cause I know a lot of people listening, they're like, man, I just want to lose the weight like he did. So you lost the weight, but you still weren't in a good place. Yeah. I was still not content because I lost the weight, but it wasn't what I expected. I saw uh, it. And like, isn't that why, something? Why don't I have a six pack? Why don't I have, you know, Cause then like, again, like that little kid in me was not satisfied in a sense. And he was like, well, everyone else, whenever they lost weight, I see this and this and this. And that's what honestly is like kind of the beautiful thing about it because it kept me not satisfied, which kept me wanting to do more for myself and wanting to work out more, wanting to build more muscle, wanting to learn how to cut like properly bulk and then cut instead of just crash dieting and cutting out important macronutrients and eating 800 calories a day for like nine months straight like it really helped me learn a whole lot about just like the human body and all that in general so you bring up something that that i've seen i've been doing this for 20 years and um, most people as they start to go through this weight loss journey we call it lottery syndrome right and we've talked about that on the show where people think oh when i lose the weight then all my problems will be solved when i lose the weight then I'll see a six pack. When I lose weight, I won't have relationship problems. And then they lose weight and guess what? All the problems are still there. You don't see a six pack. You still got relationship problems. You still got financial problems. Now here's the thing, Baj, this is what, this is what separates and this is what I really want to get down to. Most people, when they, they experience that frustration, they realize it didn't solve my problems. A lot of times they go, I'm just going to go back because you know what? I don't know. I don't know, quote unquote, what's wrong with me. But yeah, I, th- my answers aren't here. They stop to look at who they became in the process along the journey. Yeah. And also, and, and then their journey ended. They didn't, they didn't set another goal. 
So you experienced that disappointment. Yeah. In my the Snapchat is an entire story of that. Wow. You go through my Snapchat memories, you can see the, the amount of times where I was like going good, losing 10, 20, 25 pounds, and then it would be right back to where I was. Losing more weight, more weight, right back to where I was. <sighs> and I was taking pictures this whole time. So it was like I wasn't afraid of taking the pictures because my brother was doing it. But then I was afraid of just like showing what I have not even accomplished because I didn't even see it like that at the time. But then looking back on it now, every one of those workouts where I didn't want to do anything was like building up to this. Again, this moment right here. If I didn't do those workouts, even whenever the diet was horrible, mm. I wouldn't have gotten to where I am right now. Wow. So what what was that moment, though, when you were experiencing that disappointment and then you're because you, you said you would gain a little bit, then cut back down, then gain a little bit and cut back down. What finally got you to go all in and actually and commit to putting on muscle and bulking so and, and gaining the, 50 pounds? Yeah. So that was the entire whenever my brother did pass away, because mm-hmm. that was the that was whenever I hit my absolute peak. So the picture that I show everyone, the infamous Bosch picture is what I call it. It's the one that you probably saw on my account where it like had the actual 270 above it. Mm. That was two days before he passed away. And I took that picture and it was just like a random picture that I took because it was like, you know, again, another body picture like I've always done throughout my life. And then whenever he did pass away, I remember going back and looking at that picture and then just looking at my body again, not looking in the mirror, but like looking at that picture and being like, is this what you want to present to the world? Is this what you're going to leave? Because I was starting high school at that time. Like high school hadn't even started. Or not, I mean, senior year hadn't even started. Mm. And I was like, is this what you're going to present for the rest of your life? I was like, you have one more year of high school and one one more year of just like being comfortable with the way life is. I was like, after this, I had no plans. I had no nothing. And especially after he passed away, I was like, college? Nah, I ain't doing that. No college, no none of that. So I pretty much just made the decision. I was like, bet on myself, lose this weight, see if I can't even lose the weight and see what happens. And... Wow. That entire year. I wonder, do you feel like in some way, is this, is a tiny piece of this to honor the memory of your brother? Like, do you ever think about that? Like, is, is he a motivator in the back of your brain? It's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for him because he can't, or is that, is that something? The day that he passed away, I made a, a split image picture of him and me inside of the same gym and I remember posting it on my Snapchat too and I said everything I do is for you now and even like through the the posters and everything because we'll talk about this writing things down I had a poster on my wall where I wrote down my initial starting weight and then my goal weight and basically like on the poster I said everything I do is for you Logan on the bottom of it and I tracked every single like weigh-in and all that all the way throughout the entire thing that's what mainly kept me on track was seeing that because once you visualize your pro or your problem that you put in your brain and you see yourself making progress or progress towards that the progress pictures yes did that in a sense for the past four years but again there were so many times where I just let myself conform because I wouldn't really care enough what? Once I saw it on paper and I saw that I wanted something that bad that it was enough to write it down and to look at it every single day, I was like, don't disappoint yourself now. Yeah. What would you, what would your brother say to you now? First of all, what you doing with all these piercings? I know Dan well, he'd be <laughs> very confused with that. But uh, I hope that uh, my main thing is just, I really hope that he's proud in the sense of, because I kind of, 
I remember whenever he did pass away and I sat like I was lucky with the fact that he got transported from Panama City and I still got to see him in the casket and everything. So I'm very lucky for that. And I remember just like sitting in that casket or not, obviously not sitting, but sitting next to the the casket. And I was telling him, I was like, we're going to make it at some point. And I was like, your name is going to be known and heard around the world at some point. And I remember making that promise. And again, not even thinking that I was progressing towards that at all. And then it's like, now I'm at this point, I'm at this point in life. Like I remember that first video that blew up and I was like, holy shit. These people are asking me why I lost the weight. Oh, I can talk about Logan now. I can talk about, you know, and and like whenever I started getting to do that and then being more open with it and sharing it more and more and more, like I'll post something about my brother and the the comments will be like, yo, love you, Logan. And like people will be like, yo, Logan sounds like an awesome dude. Like people already know his name. And the fact that I like that was one of my main goals in life. Like my whole thing was just like, I'm going to make your name known. And the fact that I even got that done. That's like one of the. Whew, I'm trying to hold it back right now. But that's I'm trying like to of, hold it back right now, Boz. You're yeah, fine, that's buddy. Like, sure. That's main, like the main thing that I'm really proud of, and the fact that like my family really doesn't have to worry about me anymore. I think is another thing. It's just like now, like I I live 12 hours away from like where I was always comfortable with and being at home, and they were just like, "You got this." They're like, "He'd be proud of you." Do you ever feel him with you? A lot more now, more than ever, especially whenever I was uh, making those excuses and like very negative on myself. I was so like I shunned the fact that like there could be a religion and there could be a God. I was completely because I used to always be religious with that. And then I told myself, I was like, if God was real, why did he let this happen? All those things. So normal. So normal. Pull me away from all of that. And I just. It has definitely gotten a lot better because talking with people, I don't know if you guys know who uh, Shizzy is. Shizzy lives. He's blown up recently on Instagram. He's one person that's helped me tremendously with my just at least like being able to feel the presence because he's gone through some very similar life events as me. But like I never really understood what it meant to feel the presence until like he was just like telling me you have to feel it. He was like, you're blocking it out. You're telling yourself that it's not real. You got to feel it. And I remember that. And I remember going to the grave one day and then all of a sudden it was just like this weird, cold, eerie vibe on my back. I remember just getting like the craziest shivers. And I just like, I was like, this is the first time that I felt it. I was like, you're here right now. My dad's had some crazy things happen. If I can find like one of these pictures, I can send it to you after. And it was like his whole entire face was in the sky. Mm. And it like craziest thing ever. And he took a picture of it. Yeah, blows my mind. I feel compelled to let you know, Baj, as a guy. So I was 23 years old. I don't know how old you are now, but I was 23 years old when my father dropped dead uh, in my arms, had a heart attack. I tried to save his life and I couldn't. And I, and so I'm I'm many years further than you in my grief process. And I can promise you, brother, that the reason it happened for you is so that you can help other people when they're going through it. And and never look more than that. And and stop asking why. The answer is so easy. It's so that you can be here right now and be a light for other people who are going to go through this, who are going to experience this. And you're the person, man, that's going to end up being their guide. And there's something so simple and so beautiful about that thought. And if uh, I just felt compelled to to say that to you, man. So don't seek. 
you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're exactly where you need to be and just keep marching for you, for Logan, for your family, for all the people that are going to need you forward, man, because you, I can just tell, I mean, you're really a beautiful person, man. You're really a beautiful person. That's got a lot to give this place. Oh yeah. A hundred percent, man. And when you can spend some time by yourself outside, open up your heart. He's always there. He's rooting you on. I'm sure he is so proud of you also. And so just use, use him to, be, to, to help you be a force for good in the world. Because I'm sure there's, there's nothing else that he'd want for you. Yeah. yeah, That's my main goal again. Just how many people can I help change now? All right. That's all I really think about. Let's get down yeah. to like real nitty gritty stuff. Okay, now we're in we're in the transformation because now people want to know like frick man how did you do it? Okay, so you you mentioned before like I did a diet, uh, you know, I, this amount of calories, counting macros, all of these other things. Uh, let's talk about the day to day, and this is where you guys right. can find your your synergistic yeah, moments let's, together. Let's but jam. Uh, what does that look like? Man, so the original weight loss I can tell you was so my schedule from the beginning of the day was I'd wake up at ten in the morning. And this was during like senior year and everything. So I'd skip my first three classes, wake up at 10 in the morning, go to school because I didn't want to like I had two online classes and then I had a class third period. But the third period class, I was like, I'm not going to that. I hated my teacher and she made me mad. So I was like, I'm not even going to deal with that. I'm already stressed out enough. Skipped first three classes, went to fourth period. So fourth period was weights. So I had my first workout of the day during weights class. And then we went to lunch. I didn't eat anything at lunch. I kind of just like let go in there and hang out with my friends. And then I had study hall after and then English. And then I would skip my seventh period because I also had a crappy teacher then and I hated him. So then I skipped out of that. And then I would go home after sixth period, sleep. Hold on. Did you graduate? Yeah. That's what's wild about it, which is so so crazy to me because the whole time I was doing my work and everything. But then I would just tell my teachers, I'd be like, hey, by the way, I don't like you. So I don't want to come in, which this this senior year was literally like they were all just like pity partying me over the whole fact that my brother passed away. Sure, so they're like, sure. oh. they like, oh. like the guidance counselor would just check on me. She was like, make sure she was like, all right, make sure you're doing your work if you're going to skip school. I was like, all right. <laughs> Man, you but, played uh, that card. Yeah, beautiful. yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, even whenever they were like asking me to come down and talk, I was like, nah, I'm good. Which, wow. the, the, you know, that's like the kind of normal thing, like even like throughout, like that's what got me to the point where I was like, you know, about to end my life and everything because mm-hmm. I told myself and pushed myself away from everybody. But yeah, I'd come did, home. Did, did you say you wanted to end your life? Yeah, there was, I was 30 minutes away from killing myself whenever, this was like the the real like switch in my head whenever I wanted to like actually go crazy in the gym. My old roommate, Keaton, the one that I lived in Cookville with randomly one night. So this was like when I was like fully into the drug abuse. And like when I was like, I wanted to get high no matter what, just to forget about the feelings and everything. And it was really bad at the end of like football season senior year, because I was like one of the flag runners for the football team. So I go out for the hype stuff and everything and like go and get hype. And then after the games and after that, like it was just like mental, torture like i'd go home and just be like you know f you like literally telling myself this stuff in the mirror like i literally like and i remember coming home one day and like yelling at my mom screaming at her telling her i was like i hate everything about myself i was like i'm the ugliest mf on the planet i was like i'm gonna and that was the day that i told her that i was gonna kill myself 
And I remember that. And she told me, she was like, do you need help? Do you need this? Do you need that? And then I was like, oh, I'm fine now. Everything's good. And I kind of like hid the fact from my parents and everything. I kind of, in a sense, like after he passed away, wanted to soften the blow for my own passing in a sense. So I started doing really stupid stuff. Doing is like I, I was on Oxycontins, Percocets, Benadryls, all that stuff. And I was taking a whole bunch. And I remember the day that I like knew that I was like okay with killing myself was the day that there's this stuff there's there's something that kids my age are gonna know what this is it's called a jeep and I put an oxycontin I crushed it up and I smoked it and I remember and I told myself I was like if you're comfortable with doing that then you should be dead and then I set the date to kill myself and I remember putting it in my notes and I was like this is what's gonna happen and that day came around and it was nighttime and my plan was to go drive my car off the interstate and randomly, my friend Keaton just called me out of nowhere that night. And it was like 1230. And I never had anyone do this after the, you know, because you'll have the people that tell you after someone passes away, we'll check on you and do all this stuff. No one checked on me. Not a single person asked me how I was doing the whole time until he randomly that one night was like, yo, it's been a minute since we've talked. How are you like, how are you doing? And he was always a part of my friend group. But like, we never really had the one on one connection. And I just spilled it to him. I started bawling my eyes out. I was like, dude, I'm about to go kill myself. I was like, I just smoked my last joint. I was like, I got nothing going for me. I was like, there's nothing that's going to pull me out of this shit. I've already made the decision. And then he was just like, come to the gym with me tomorrow. He's like, give me a day. And I was like, okay. And I told him, I was like, it's not going to change anything, but sure, whatever. Because, like, you know, obviously you're making that decision. That was the most stressed out moment in my entire life like sitting in that car being like all right like you made your decision this is gonna happen like that that amount of stress is more than I've ever experienced through him passing away through you know the school shit the social media like anything there was no yeah there was no more stressful moment in my life than when I was sitting there contemplating like once you start this car you're going wow so yeah. So I know that I really don't talk. I talk about it a little bit, but I don't really talk about it that much. But it's just definitely I was going to say, because like that moment for me, too, I don't see myself as the same human being. I Like that was I would say like that little like three month block was where I can like be like, yeah, that that wasn't me at all. Those decisions I was making because I mean, it was literally just a goal to be messed up in a sense. Like I'd come home. I was going to say really quick, do you remember, was it Brianna that we had on the show and she was talking about imposter syndrome and she made, do you remember this? Yes. And she made this comment and it almost resonates with, with you, Baj. It was like, we, we oftentimes we think of the imposter syndrome as like, oh, I'm trying to chase this new dream, but I don't have the credentials to be this person. And so I'm an imposter. And Brianna asserted that the imposter was the one who was running your show for three months. That was the imposter. The, per, the person that was trying to take over with, you know, drugs, alcohol, mm. self-medication, all the bad thoughts, that was the imposter. And yeah. I thought, man, that's incredible because you just sort of articulated that without saying it. You said, that wasn't even me. For those three months, that wasn't even me. Because if you think about it, I was a kid and I told myself as a child, you will never do drugs, you will never do this, like, I was more mature in a sense as a child than I was whenever I was a 17-year-old kid being like, ooh, what's that? What's that pill going to do to me? What's this going to do to me? Like, that's kind of how it was. And I would, like, 
even I would go over to some like kid's house and I knew that their parents were taking some prescriptions and I'd be like, yo, what do your parents got? And then they'd be like, oh, and then like they would talk about it and be like, all right, cool. And then like every once in a while, like if I ran out of some shit, like I was so messed up in my brain that I was like, do anything to benefit you. No one else matters. Because I was like, if something like this is going to happen in my life, like my brother's going to pass away, like who really matters to me? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. And then the, yeah. the chemicals turn into a way to escape because you're just trying to numb the pain and, and yeah. just you do whatever you can to to make that pain stop without without actually feeling it, which is what we're meant to do. We're supposed to feel the pain. But of course, it, sometimes it hurts so bad, you just have to stop it or you feel yeah. like you have to. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and then you continue to chase more and more and more because, again, it's not enough. Right. And I'm so glad that I, like, oh, feels so good to know like i remember i have so many videos and not, again in my snapchat where i was just like i'd be sitting in the car with my phone propped up like this just like completely zoning out of like the entire situation and like listening to music in the car and just like you could see my eyes like going in and out in and out bro you've like, you've, you've lived an entire life in 20 years you know that right you've been pretty much a lot. That's what I've been told. You, you've been like, presented I, with a lot of lessons, though, and you've overcome them. And guess what? I mean, you, you've overcome 100% of the struggles and the obstacles that, that have been thrown at you. So you're, you're batting a 1,000 right now. Well, and the other thing that's yeah. important to articulate is, like my psychiatrist friend says all the time, you've already paid all the tuition, Baj. Like, got it? You've already done all the hardest things that you're going to do in your life. They're all behind you. And now everything moving forward is protein shakes and protein bars, baby. Like, <laughs> it's all good and moving boom. forward. And barbells. And barbells, <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, so, so let's talk about that. Yeah, now, let's talk about the days. Then, from your lowest, then you've packed on, what, 50 pounds of muscle? Mm-hmm. Where are you at now? Uh, right now, I think I weigh 185. And how, how tall are you? Uh, 5'10". Okay. Okay. When so, I was on stage for the competition I did not too long ago, I got down to 157 at that point. Wow. And I was like, I think I was around 10% body fat, somewhere around there. So just to even see that, like I had a 10 pack when I was on stage. Oh, yeah. Seeing that <laughs> compared to like the stretch marks and all like that one picture. Cause like if you really think about that in reality, I ate so much to a point where like my body couldn't even physically hold the fat anymore. It was stretching the skin on the outside. That's the one thing that really keeps my brain like settled with the fact of where I'm at right now. I'm like, there's no possible chance you could eat that much again. I'm like, you're fine. <laughs> no way. Well, and, and when you say like eat that much, but you're talking about eating a whole lot of like real whole good natural food, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When now yes. my change diet, I'm like eating 4,000 calories of like good food. Like you are stuffed so, afterwards. Right? So let, let's yes. talk. I literally just did a TV segment on that this morning. So what do you eat? What do you eat in a day? Uh, normally right now, so I'll start off my morning, peanut butter and honey bagel before my workout every single day. I work out in the morning and I train absolute max intensity, nice. hit a nice cardio session afterwards. And then I come home. Normally it's like a big bowl and I don't track anymore either. Cause I learned, especially cause I've gone through like every single eating disorder as well. The binging, the bulimia, chewing and spitting, all that stuff. So I've learned like whenever I track my calories and I have a certain limit, I will basically like chew and spit to like taste food. Like my body, like I, there's so many things that just like are messed up with the way that my relationship was with food when I was doing that. So I just learn intuitive eating. After I started doing that, I've maintained the weight loss, what, two and a half years now. Wow. And it's just those meals. Yeah. But I've learned like, it's just 
the meat, like it's literally the food, like that the <laughs> post workout bowl that I have. It's like rice with a lean t- or protein source. Usually, I have a lot of red meats because red meats are good for the testosterone, and then also like just having fats in general regulates your hormones. So I'll have the red meats, and then I'll have like three eggs with it, a couple egg whites, broccoli, cauliflower, jalapenos, and then I'll throw some hot sauce in it. And that right there is like a thousand calories for that meal. And delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And That's like when you eat that, I'm telling when you eat that, I was gonna say I'll sit down afterwards, and I'm just. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah. Gonna post up on the couch for like two hours after. <laughs> there, there's no room for anything else. There's no room for Oreos. <laughs> that's the truth and then then, in terms of going to the gym man is it just automatic for you now yeah like you eventually it becomes habitual to a point where you structure your day around going to the gym so now i know that when i wake up my schedule normally wake up at 8 30 in the morning and i'm like all right you know that i got a shower get all my skincare stuff done eat and then be out of the house by like 10 10 30 and then I'm at the gym. I'll be there for an hour and a half to sometimes three hours, depending on recording. But normally a gym session is like an hour and ten for me if I'm not doing anything. And then afterwards, drive back and then get all my stuff done. Normally throughout the day, I really just like kind of sit down and edit videos. Like I love, especially this is what I wanted to do when I was a little kid. Like I used to do social media when I was like 13 and 14 and I would sell Instagram accounts. So I was like, once I have gotten to this point now and I'm like literally doing what my younger self wanted to do, that's why it's so much easier for me because it's like you have your dream right now sitting in front of you. Like you went through all that stuff to live this right now. And that's why I'm so thankful and blessed for all the things that happened beforehand. So, so speaking of living your dream, can you tell us where you are right now and what's happening today? Yeah, so today I'm at my supplement company's warehouse that I'm sponsored by. It's called Echo Vision, and I was signing my own signature pre-workout tubs. Like for me, yeah, blows my mind. Yeah, buddy. Like I, I was literally like three years ago, not even thinking, like 270 pounds, just fat random dude, and now I have a pre-workout. Like, congratulations! What is your life? Yeah, at what tw- is my life? At 20 years old, man. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. That's what what, what I'm saying. Like for me, it feels like I've lived so much life already, like 20 years. Like you've been, I've been self-aware for what, like 14, 15 years of it. And then people tell me, they're like, think about it. I'll be talking to someone and they're like, I'm 50. And I'm like, man, I'm like, (laughs) right. I'm like, I have not lived anything. Like to think my parents have lived an entire, like 30 more years than I have. I'm like, that is so much that I haven't even like thought about experiencing yet. You're, you're, you're certainly coming into it with, with so many lessons that you've learned just over the last few years. Sure. And, and, and incredible perspective. and perspective and awareness. Absolutely. Cause like the brother thing is tragic. It's awful. But what it offers people is crazy, crystal clear perspective on what life yep. is important and what, what it means. Okay. Um, I know we got to wrap up quick. We want to run you through, uh, would you rather name that tune? we got a question that we want to ask you. So, um, when it comes to music, dude, what's on the, what's on the playlist for you when you're working out? Dude, I honestly, I'm a slow, like anything with like lyricism and good beats beautiful like i don't i feel like you guys don't know who it is but lucky he's like coming up right now playboy cardi's another one for me i don't listen to crazy stuff but then if we're talking about some something other than rap oh pink floyd yes top all time Jimi hendrix oh yes okay. out, one of my greatest songs of all time Gosh, got depth. 
Yeah, I was going to say, my, play, my playlist, I was going to say, my discography goes deep. Like, even for the Hispanic shit, I listen to Tolino <laughs> Sanchez. Like, he's an old dude that got killed by the cartel because he was like, oh, man. Wow. I love, like, music is like the way to connect with human beings. That's Amen. what I mean. Amen. I have my connections with people whenever they have the same music taste that I do, or at least similar. All right, I got a track ready for him. I'm not sure he's going to get it. I, I He might. Uh, we're just going to have to roll the dice on this. All right, right. well, I tell you what, and you just, can help just in out. case, I'm in this with you, Baj, all right? So I, I'll help all you right. out if you're having a hard time. You get the opening right, three see. seconds to one of the biggest songs ever. I'll give you a little hint. She is one of the current judges on the uh, show The Voice, oh, NBC. No. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I know the song. Yeah, I don't you know do. What it's called. Woo! <laughs> yes. <laughs> who is that? But I don't know who sings that. She's, um, she's, a, she's a judge on The Voice. Who see, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm, not even, I'm not pop culture anymore. I don't watch The Voice and all this stuff. I don't know. I, I Mary know, right? Blake Shelton. Uh, oh, is, oh, yeah. Oh, it's Gwen Stefani. It's Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Okay. And the song is. Oh, my gosh. That's what I'm saying, man. Every single time. That's it. The sweet escape. Yeah. Man. Man. (laughs) Sorry, Baja. I couldn't help you out there. At least I got the Gwen Stefani part. I was going to say, we got Gwen down, but there ain't no way I was going to know that song. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll cancel that. Oh, thanks. Thanks for playing, brother. All right. Final question for Baj. Our guest is kind of in your tongue about promises. Yeah, man. You've, You've been through so much. Um, I really do think that this, this question is going to resonate with you, but what does it mean to you to keep your promises to yourself? Um, I think it's basically showing that you have value and worth. When you keep a promise with yourself, you're showing that you feel like you were worth something. Whenever I didn't keep those promises and every single time I tell people that I was losing weight and I was lying to them, it was really like you feel that sense of like I'm disappointing someone in a sense like even though it could be you you're disappointing people around you in a sense too because you're making them believe that you're actually doing something keep that promise with yourself because when you do that and you actually reap the benefits and you see the results it's going to be so much better for a not only your mental health but just your physical health seeing that you've made a change changes everything Baj, we are such fans, man. Go sign a million tubs today. Go sell out a million tubs today and just keep climbing, dude. And when you get to the very top, I want you to look down on Chris and I and be like, what's up, boys? Yes, man. We're going to be cheering you on every step of the way, man. Much, much love and appreciation for who you are. You you got a beautiful soul, incredible spirit. You got your brother right there on your shoulder, man. We're rooting for you. Listen to y'all as well for the opportunity that you guys have blessed me with. Like, I never even thought that I'd be doing something like this. So, thank you, like for real. Amazing, Absolutely, brother. Have a great friend. day. Thank Absolutely. you so much for being on the podcast yeah. today. Take care, brother. I'll All see right. y'all later. We'll be in touch. Amazing Man. transformation story, dude. Yeah. Oh, I love that, bro. And you know, I I really appreciate <sighs> I appreciate how vulnerable vulnerable he was. And he's been certainly been through a lot. And I'm, he did share a, or gosh, a handful of things that kind of it threw a curveball at me for a moment there. And then I thought, no, wait a second. This is real life. This is a lot of us have been through some really dark times, you know, and he's no exception. In 20 years, man, he's been through a lot. Yeah, my but, hope, my hope for Bosch is that he just kind of keeps, keeps growing, keeps 
doing the work, keeps putting one foot in front of the other because, yeah. you know, I mean, that's the thing about grief and losing something like your brother, somebody like your brother, right? Like that's a sting that's just going to be with you until, until you die, really. Yeah, for sure. And you have to continually learn how to manage it as the relationship evolves through that. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as he does that, <laughs> well, sky's the limit, man. Yeah. And you can, you can hear that, that confidence in his voice now and, and the excitement. It's almost like a childlike excitement for what he's capable of doing. He's, he's got a taste of it now for, for months, you know, and, and he, of course he's he's maintained his, his weight loss now for quite some time. And now years. he's developed some incredible muscle, but it's like, man, like what what's he gonna do? Like what, I always, I actually wanted to ask him like, what's next? Cause he had 20 years old, man. He's, he's his whole life's in front of him. He's running through walls. Yeah. Amazing guys. So, Thank yeah. you so much Incredible. for being a part of the I Needed That podcast. Don't forget about the Lululemon 10K race. We would love to walk that with you or run that with you, whatever it's going to end up being. And uh, <laughs> all of the information is in our show notes. Uh, have an amazing week. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Fun fact, I was the first Lululemon ambassador here in the state of Arizona back in like circa 2005, 2006. How cool is this then that Lulu is back in your life again? Yeah, it's, it's amazing because guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this Lululemon 10K tour. It's coming to Scottsdale and we're going to be running it with you. Wait. Wait, wait. I thought we were just promoting the 10K. I don't know that I'm ready to run this thing, bro. Relax, bro. Relax. You and everybody listening totally has this because new for 2023 is this 10K tour training program, which you can use, Matthew, and I can use it, and anybody else, which will be hosted on the Lululemon Studio app. The date is November 12th and the course is unreal. Now, if you can't join us, you can participate virtually wherever you live. Plus, your participation will activate a donation to the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Visit lululemon10ktour.com to sign up today. It's, it's a mouthful. Lululemon10, then the letter K, tour. Dot com to sign up today. Yeah, go sign up now, either virtually or in person, and you can run with us November 12th for the Lululemon 10K Tour in Scottsdale, guys. You'll get a Lululemon participant shirt, a finisher medal, an exclusive 10K training program, and all of the amazing pre- and post-race amenities, including yoga, meditation, even a post-race treat. Go to Lululemon. 10ktour.com. That's Lululemon, the number 1010 K tour.com to sign up right now with a group of friends.